Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the shell-shocked cat wandering around covered in potato peelings of Mangum Reeds. We are three muggles who can't help but think that Ron's dress robes are not being improved by serving as an owl blackout curtain. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing? Uh, applauding your way of introduction, introducing this episode <laughs> after episode. Well said. It's a big part of my day, Spencer. <laughs> um, Good way to start. Yes. So we are on, is this 11? Am I right on the numbers? Yes. Excellent. We are in chapter 11 of book four, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, Chapter titled, I believe, On the Hogwarts Hogwarts Express? Hogwarts Express. Yes. A descriptive title chapter. Chapter title. Um, No no misleading advertising here. Uh, I, I guess we sort of end up with a question of, is there always a Hogwarts Express chapter? I think I've already asked that, and I think almost always. Um, and is it is it always the I don't know where else to foreshadow, so I'm going to do it here chapter. It, and I'm going to say yes. It, yes, it does tend to be the we need to reset on a couple of points that are going to be important moving forward. Therefore, we shall do it in this liminal space of the train. Um, so why not? But we also, in this liminal space of a podcast, have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap. We have BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer. Um, we award house points, which we are actually getting closer to Hogwarts, so this might become more relevant again. <laughs> We're not quite there, but... Uh, and then we have questions, queries, qualms, and quibbles. Um, anything I forgot? Is this the longest we've spent in any of these books before we've made it to Hogwarts? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Uh, questions go to sure. Spencer. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, Well, a a more appropriate question for me then. Sarah, do you have a personal goal for yourself when it comes to your rapid fire? I I do. Um, This is a relatively short chapter. 20 seconds. (laughs) I know these short chapters sometimes get me into trouble, though, because I just describe things. (laughs) Isn't that what a recap is supposed to be? I describe perhaps unnecessary things. I, I am going to put my bet down for this chapter at 1 minute and 50 seconds. 1 minute 50. I'm writing it down. I have my bargain basement stopwatch ready to go. Are you ready? I am. As Harry, Ron, and Hermione are getting ready to head to the Hogwarts Express, Mr. Weasley gets an urgent message from the Ministry. Specifically, Amos Diggory's head has emerged from the fireplace to tell him about a kerfuffle at someone called Mad-Eye and Moody's house in the middle of the night. Mad-Eye, who already seems a bit paranoid and trigger-happy, attacks some dustbins thinking they were intruders and the muggle police got involved. Amos is trying to get Arthur to deal with the situation before the improper use of magic people get their teeth in. Arthur rockets off to smooth things over, and Amos pops out of the fireplace after catching a piece of toast from Mrs. Weasley. And the elder, uh, as the elder Weasley children appear, we get a bit more background on Moody. He's retired from the Ministry, a former Auror or Dark Wizard catcher, who's made a lot of enemies and is almost certainly off his rocker. Everyone but Percy heads to King's Cross in, a, in Muggle taxis of all things, which are not terribly suited to owls, magical fireworks, or crookshanks. But they make it to the station and onto Platform 9 and 3 quarters without much incident. Charlie hints that he'll be seeing everyone sooner rather than later, and Bill indicates that he might come down to watch a bit of it, which sets off a whirl of speculation. Harry, Ron, and Hermione settle into a compartment where the, it turns out that they can 
conveniently overhear Malfoy talking about how much he'd rather his parents sent him to Durmstrang, another wizard school which has, quote, a more sensible line about the dark arts. When asked where it is, Hermione explains that not unlike Hogwarts, it's hidden, perhaps unplottable. As they trundle along towards Hogwarts, a series of friends stop by, including Neville, whose grandmother wouldn't let him go to the World Cup. Ron is just recounting being in the top box when Malfoy appears in person to make fun of Ferran's dress robes and taunt them with the knowledge that he knows what's going on at Hogwarts this year, asking them if they're going to enter. Ron is infuriated, particularly as Malfoy uh, lost no opportunity to insult his dad. They change into their robes as they approach Hogwarts and Hagrid meets them at the station. They climb into the horseless carriages and make their way to the castle. <laughs> wow. Uh, you made it by 22 milliseconds. Woo! 145.22. Yikes, these are getting closer and closer. <laughs> Still, Still, two points counts. for you. Well counts. done. Um, so... We have we have finally made our way to Hogwarts after how many pages has it been that we have been struggling to get to the school? About as long a lot as Frodo wanders around in the fellowship. Shut up. I, more more happens in this scenario though, PJ. Exactly. Shut up, you too. <laughs> it's been 170 pages now for my count that we've taken to now make it to Hogwarts. Oh, the bastards! I hate you. So. Um, is Mad Eye supposed to be uh, somebody else from some other book? Anyway, um, uh, I have no way of answering that question. A nonchal pass moment, so oh. we'll see. Um, BJ so, wheezing again. We don't have a lot for for wheezing uh, this time. I mean, there are some entertaining things like uh, the Diggory head uh, asking for toast. Um, I have questions that I. I kind of want to know how the movies do things. Mm -hmm. um, I find it interesting, uh, some of the things that we see and hear about and foreshadow, um, but for the most part, it's kind of like an okay, whatever. Um, my favorite thing of the chapter, I think, is, well, what did the dustbins do? Because clearly, <laughs> the, like, the line. dustbins did something and he attacked them and it's a perfectly reasonable thing to have happened. So let's figure out what it was. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. I'm sort of curious how many uh, wizards of Dumbledore's generation there are around mm. and sort of what mm -hmm. they end up doing. Mm -hmm. um, um, I, the, the answer to the first part of that is not all that many, um, mm -hmm. as you might imagine, as we have talked about. Dumbledore's potential age many times on this podcast. Um, right. But the question of what are they doing is an incredibly interesting one that we cannot talk about at this moment. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to ask a question here that's completely out of turn um, and not expect an answer, but do we get a chapter heading uh, our horror? And We don't. And then, <laughs> I, that just that is a serious disappointment. <laughs> Just just a mess with other poor bastards to read the audiobook to say that one a few times fast. Saying or in and of itself is not easy. No. Yeah, the ROR is a problematic uh, chunk of the language, which I'm sort of curious where it came about. But I didn't go into that dive. Um, I went into a very surface dive of uh, Durmstrang. Mm. And, Did you um, draw up some Wagner references? No, I didn't. Um, because I didn't really Google Durmstrang. Okay. Because um, 
because I get to participate in the newbies notes section and I don't always want to have spoilers that Fair. I need to make Spencer cover his ears for, I don't Google things. That you also uh, don't always have context for, which is also very amusing. Right. However, there is uh, the obvious breakage of Derm and Strang. Yes. Uh, and Derm does have a meeting in a in high in middle high German. Mm-hmm. Which is a topographic name for somebody who lived by a tower. And so hmm. it being very on point for Durmstrang to essentially be wizards living near a tower or weird people living near a tower um, that isn't as funny as Bobatons, but is of entertainment value. I just hope that that is actually where it came from and it's not some other... Uh, I mean, maybe Wagnerial or, or otherwise, that would be uh, appreciated as well, but it's not just something that um, is a little bit more mm, problematic in origin, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. some of the names of the non-English characters. Um, so so I was amused, but but I, I realized that the deep dives that I was planning on going on and thinking about could have very problematic things like family trees mm. and other things that reference anything related to harry potter yeah. fair enough um but yeah with that we can uh go into the aforementioned newbies notes all right well first things first you cannot have a head just appear in a fireplace and be interactive with people without me having a massive series of questions that this chapter feels no need to explain I mean, we have seen that wizards apparently use fireplaces a lot more than I do. I'm in Florida, so that kind of informs that part of that. But we've seen them use it as a means of travel, and now we've seen them as a a means of active communication. Is this how wizards do cell phones? Is this, like, a partial uh, flu travel of where he's only just put his head through and is able to communicate by that means? I think it's a mantle that they've taken up. Oh, god damn it. Uh... He's kind of both there and not there. I don't think he's, like, literally in the room, but at the same time, he's eating toast. So, I'm thoroughly confused in a way that I won't definitely have questions for for Sarah. We'll see which one she can answer. So, the most polite way that they um, say that a message is going to be there is it, it's called a poker. Um, it sees that if, if anybody's around, uh, they can deliver the message. BJ, you already had wizarding wheezes. You don't need to keep doing this. This is not your um, turn, BJ. (laughs) If it's a particularly uh, urgent message, uh, it's a bellow. BJ, during your segment, I have the opportunity to do earmuffs or earplugs to avoid the pain that you can very particularly inflict upon me. You can't go out of turn with this. (laughs) Well, it wasn't a wizard wheeze until... (laughs) It was! (laughs) Until you you started in on it. The scene was there. (sighs) Oh, boy. Uh, Mad-Eye Moot. Mad-Eye Moody is probably the best name ever, and I can already tell I'm going to find this character fascinating. And it also reminds me that we probably need to see more people that use Mad as a nickname, because it it almost inevitably improves the quality of your name. (laughs) Mad Dog, Mad Cat, the Mad Monk, Mad Max. All of these great names improved by Max. Improved by, not Max, improved by Mad. Uh, I enjoy that everyone is apparently on the same page, that the fact that Dumbledore likes you offers absolutely no suggestion as to your sanity. (laughs) People try well, to defend it. Hey, Dumbledore sure likes Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hints towards the bizarre, if nothing else. For, I, don't, I don't remember who it was to chimed in and said, Hey, Dumbledore likes Mad Eye Moody. And everyone in the room turned on him and said, Yeah, <laughs> let's think about that for a second. Uh, we have possibly one of the best Percy Burns yet. 
of when you know Percy's saying he's going to work, and I think it's George immediately chimes up, "Yeah, you know what, Percy? I reckon they'll know your name soon." I think it was Bill, or I think it was one of the older. But yes, that was great. It, that was a great line. That was a very effectively targeted hit on Percy. The cab plan is simply ludicrous, but I enjoyed it just because it reminded me of like cabs taking people to conventions. <laughs> Everyone showing up in costumes with props, with freaking swords coming in, and the cabs just have to just grip the wheel hard and just endure it. Spencer, uh, you didn't get to experience, or maybe you have, um, so one of the biggest anime conventions is in the center of Baltimore City, mm-hmm. um, and people will take public transportation. To center Baltimore. Yeah, um, to get there. I mean, like, during the day, sure, perfectly fine, Uh, especially during daylight, and it is in mid-August. But to see other travelers on... The light rail is... um, goes out into the suburbs more, whereas the subway does does not quite as much or not as quickly. Um, Both are very interesting places to travel during said anime convention and to see at least in the early days, other people's reaction to what on earth was going on. Um, very much like probably muggles were having with uh, wizards in robes wandering around and interesting and probably good foresight that they're wearing jeans and sweatshirts. This also, like, once again, I think we've already talked about it in this book, I think, brings up the question of why are we not calling on the night bus? We did talk about it. Um, for for going to and from the uh, the games. Yes, instead of using the port key, which that makes a little more sense because there were a lot of people traveling at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it might have been to Just... get home early or something. Anyway, but yeah, the, it's... No, to get Harry from... Um... Oh, yes, from the Dursleys to yes. the Weasleys when there were no, presumably, no, like, rushes on public transportation. But no, let's take the Muggle taxis. It... Is the night bus just very specifically named? Does it only operate in darkness? It's, Does it only it's operate a K at night? night. <laughs> so I don't. I don't. <laughs> why? Why is that unhappy for you? It is. They do, however, specifically say that it is for the stranded witch or wizard in need when they introduce mm-hmm. it. So it's possible that you can't plan to use it. <laughs> it just it shows up when it wants to. <sighs> Errantly, you might say. Mm. I mean, it, it's the only way that we know that it's called is you kind of stick like you, you're, you're in need and you stick your thumb your out. Your wand right? out, That's how yeah. it kind of works. Your wand out. So yeah, you can't call it in advance. It just apparates where it where it wish, where it wishes to be. Um, I was I can't really call this a spoiler because it's literally the name of the next chapter. But I looked at the name of the next chapter and I now have a theory about what the secret that everybody is keeping up from our main trio oh, is. Yeah. It appears to be there may be a bit of a Triwizard Tournament going on at Hogwarts. I have no idea what that means, and I particularly don't know why it's being kept secret. Um, that I think seems there are weird. good reasons. Can you tell me? Oh, wait, try. Fuck. Okay. No, but I can confirm that that is, uh, that is the thing, that the title of the thing that is being kept from <laughs> the younger Weasleys and Harry and Hermione. Okay. Uh... There's one point in this chapter of where a character uh, like kneels down to hug Jenny. That was the first moment I remembered that Jenny was even in this <laughs> chapter. She has a maybe Jenny really needs to spend a little bit more time, you know, expanding on her character because man, does she disappear into the background. Mm-hmm. They're all... the fact she's like always present. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we'll get some character expansion later on. Um, so I also think it's interesting that we have growth of characters off screen. 
um, particularly with Neville. Mm. Mm-hmm. Neville, yeah, Neville's an interesting one. J.K. Rowling takes pains to reintroduce him in this chapter. Like, everybody else just gets, like, a, a sentence or a, a, a basic descriptor. Neville gets, like, a couple sentences to reintroduce him as, Oh, Neville, that guy with the grandmother that always messes up. Don't you remember him? Mm-hmm. It's almost like she's foreshadowing these extra important in this book or something. I mean, don't worry about it. He's not important at all. Um, I, I have no reason to believe he is. <laughs> but I, I also think it's just really None. interesting that, like, there are characters that, that undergo changes and, you know, presumably will usually see it. Mm-hmm. But to have characters grow as a character off screen is a very, very weird uh, choice. And and I think that, that, I mean, hopefully we'll get a little bit more of it on screen. Uh, but it's sort of interesting to see that happen. Um, and, and we sort of see that happen. I mean, I'm hoping we'll see that happen with Percy or he's just going to be the worst of the entire series. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, where that goes. Um, also, Spencer, I don't know if you're going to go into this, but, uh, I mean, does everybody call it the dark arts? Because, because that seems like a really weird, like, well, they, there are schools that, you know, don't just do defense against the dark arts. We're just going to teach you outright. Um, it seems a little like, uh, we are the baddies. We know it. And we're just going to take that mantle and, and be happy with it, which is just, again, you know, sort of an interesting choice for a school for, uh, young people. Um, do they call them like Voldemort youth or something? It, it, it is an interesting issue of branding. You think they would do a little bit more to cover it up, but no, they seem perfectly proud of the fact that they're engaged in things that are exist for the sole purpose of being harmful and manipulative to others. Eh, why, why gussing it up any? It'd be like advertising a, a uh, you know shooting self-defense course as Legal Murder 101. <laughs> You're not wrong, but maybe work with the branding a little bit. Uh Sorry, I was just going to say, shockingly, we will see um, we will see some people from Durmstrang uh, moving forward that will not change the tenor of this conversation at all. Given the pains that this book has made to introduce schools, to introduce us to several different schools, my theory for the Triwizard Tournament is that it is going to be Tri is in schools, like different schools competing against each other. I mean, it can't be the two that we've seen at Hogwarts, because that would just be too easy. Well, yes, we get three very pointedly named in this chapter. And also very different uh, focuses and strengths, presumably. Styles. Styles. But that would be silly. And these are the moments of when Sarah's silence becomes all the more notable. But continuing on... Uh, I'll come back to that as a question. Um, we, we have Malfoy return for, again, the sole purpose of being a little shit, because that's just kind of what he does. And this chapter just really just hammers home that Malfoy is the kind of little shit that the most effective thing you can do with him is just ignore him. Like, mm-hmm. if everyone just treated him if he was not there, he would have zero power and would get into a frustrated huff and leave. The fact that Ron actually responds to him is just feeding him constantly. Yeah. Out of e- well, out of everybody, Malfoy knows how to push Ron's buttons. Hermione yeah. and Harry both frequently just ignore him or laugh at him or punch him in the nose. Um, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. The, the thing about Malfoy's character that sort of doesn't ring true to me is how babying his, Lucius is to him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, Daddy, they hurt me. And it's like, okay, I will, you know... 
I'm gonna bring my you know money and whatever to mm-hmm. bear rather than like no be a better asshole like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like anytime you get into a little scuffle at school come in and do stuff um that that would be a way he could be it's a weird thing to call him a better parent when you gave that example but um it would be a very different style of parenting it doesn't necessarily say that his style that he's going with is untrue to the real world i have seen that a lot of times Mm -hmm. when it comes to you know rich families with spoiled children i mean but if he wants to mentor him into the same sort of position that that lucius is in i feel like he needs a little bit more uh tough love is not the right word but there's clearly no love lost between the two of them, but uh, a little bit more uh, stringent reaction to his behavior. I really loved that word before you guys did all your stuff to it. It was such a great word to use in different contexts. Now I cannot think of it outside of the Broken Earth saga because of you guys. Um, but really, that's all I have. I got several questions to go into. But before we go into that, we need, given that we're actually on our way to Hogwarts, we need to decide who wins the House Cup this, this chapter. Yeah, and this is a kind of a weird chapter for it because once again, we have like a lot of characters with nobody getting a whole bunch of screen time. Um, I mean, I think that objectively, like Ron had a bad end of chapter. Percy had a bad moment in the chapter. Mr. Weasley had to go deal with Mad-Eye Moody first thing in the morning. Um, we have some people who are not having great days. Yes. That Mr. Weasley has the worst day. Okay. Because... His wife was the one that scheduled the cabs and got to use the phone. Oh. Oh. That's interesting. (laughs) Yes. So not only the actions that Mr. Weasley had to do, but the things he missed out on. Yes. This is fair. I think think that this is fair. Okay. Mr. Weasley, loser of the chapter. Got it. Um, Winner. I don't... mm. No one won here. I mean, Draco yeah. gets to be a dick, but like he 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 didn't improve his lot. He's just him. Yeah, this I don't even make, know that like this, being this much of an asshole makes him all that happy either. It just um, it's just like a state of being. Right. So I will put forth at Neville because I, he wasn't laughed out of the group. Interesting. I, I, I was actually going to recommend Neville just because in every prior chapter that he's been introduced on the train, he was actively searching for his lost frog. Mm. And it wasn't happening in this chapter. And nobody laughed at him. Trevor might be safe somewhere. Um, Like, he's not actively crying or, like, everybody making fun of him or scared out of his mind because, I don't know. It was book one or two (laughs) Neville. All right. I accept Neville. I will will co-sign that. Um... Neville winner, Mr. Weasley loser. <laughs> but in terms of winners, there's not much competition here. I mean, this chapter is summarized from my mind, but where everybody kind of ends up is just Hagrid just standing there in the rain at the end of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just let's get this done, please. I want to go inside. Kids, get on your boats. They may sink. Oh, well. Bye. This is a chapter that a parent reading to their child at night, the response afterwards is, that one didn't count. <laughs> I need another chapter, please. Fair enough. Um, all right. So uh, given that it doesn't count, there are no questions, right? <laughs> no, no, many. All right. Well, uh, let's go. We, we, this was one that was going to branch off Newbie's nose, but we get several moments in this chapter of I almost fear that almost feel that J.K. Rowling it just uh, suddenly apparated into the middle of the train car to explain a point yes. to us. We have several moments of when characters are explained things. These felt really on the nose of where... 
I'm going to go on to what feels like a two-page explanation in a 12-page chapter to address something that fans have been continuing asking me about. I will ask it, too, just because it leaves one aspect unturned. We hear that uh, wizarding schools are... Their locations are yes. hidden. Mm-hmm. They're, they're purposely not disclosed. What is left a little bit more ambiguous is whether Hogwarts falls into the same category. Well, because we know that it does. Not, But we know it does to muggles. But do we, knew, do we know that it does to wizards, too? Because... It seemed like Hermione's saying was that Durmstrang and um, the Beauclair... Beauclair? Beauclair. Fancy wand. The, wi- wizards don't know where the, their locations are. Is that also true for Hogwarts? Or is it not adopting the same kind of hidden mystery element that the, these other schools do? Well, we know you can't apparate there. Yes. So that would indicate... But I'll let Sarah answer. I, You know, I don't... It's, it's a good question because I don't know that it is specifically unfindable in the same way that Durmstrang and Bobaton are described. Um, but to BJ's point, you cannot apparate there. You cannot apparate in or out of Hogwarts. So you could presumably know that Hogsmeade is near Hogwarts and apparate there. Um, but then you'd still have to get to Hogwarts. Um, we know that it is unfindable to muggles. Um, it appears to be a sort of very dangerous ruin that you should not be entering into. Um, mm. My guess is that it is. My guess is that it is also hidden from wizards. I mean, we only ever really see wizards arrive by the Hogwarts Express by apparating into the village and coming up essentially by invitation. Um, or by flying in, but that also seems to be by invitation. We do get some evidence later that Hogwarts has its own um, has its own defense mechanisms, certainly against wizards trying to get there that mean to do it harm. Lots of Whomping Willows. Whomping Willows are not not those defenses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, BJ, what you got? Um, I don't have a lot for this. I mean, mostly because, I don't know, when when there are annoying foreshadow questions, there's a lot of the answer foreshadowing. Will, the answer will like, come, well, yeah. Yeah, the answer will come. <laughs> um, I think the 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 question that I have that, that you don't have a good answer to, Sarah, is why? Why do we have a chapter that is just like, here are things that you need to remember, maybe from the beginning of the book, and maybe because I can't have it come up naturally otherwise. So here it is in the chapter. Um, I mean, I think, <laughs> well, I, I mean, like, I realize that this is a facetious question, but like, if I'm, if I'm honestly thinking about it, it is important that we have information about Mad-Eye Moody that emerges from outside of mm-hmm. the confines of Hogwarts, right? And so it does make yeah, sense that true. like Mr. Weasley and his older children who have some interactions with him or at least no stories about him would be the ones to kind of explain right him as a phenomenon in the world i mean i guess more of the uh Durmstrang, the mm-hmm. tri- like the triwizard mm-hmm. tournament that we're going to get to shortly anyway i mean more more like the things that happen on the train almost always frustrate me yeah i think is the the and why does it have to be the train <laughs> um i mean maybe we should have had uh, J.K. Rowling read a little bit more, like Murder on the Orient Express or something, to get like you know things that that are that should be in in the train series sequence. Well, we do frequently get a snack card. 
So <laughs> that's that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I certainly take your point, but I do, you know, I do think that it is given given what does happen in the next chapter, it is like important that we have information about Durmstrang. Mm-hmm. I it is not the most elegant way <laughs> to introduce it, but you know, Hermione has yeah. read a book and can in fact pontificate <laughs> on it. She must share. <laughs> Which yeah. at least that's consistent. Yeah, that's on brand. It is. Um, it is. But I do, I do take your point that like the the train scenes are in fact where knowledge is kept. <laughs> it, it, it's one of the things that's, there's a com- almost comforting structure to these books of where there's an anticipation that goes into certain chapters as to what's going to happen. Yeah. And that when you get on a train, there is going to be foreshadowing and there are going to be reintroductions. That's how that works. It's a train chapter. Um, it adds a certain element of, you know, comforting prediction going into when you yeah. start. Mm-hmm. I will admit I mean, that, like, kind of to your point as well, BJ, it feels a little weirder in this book simply because it has taken us so long to get to the train. Yeah, that's true. true. Like, in the earlier yeah. books, they were mm, third or fourth chapter, maybe? Um, yeah. I mean, it except for the first book, I guess, easier. but, like... Yeah. Um, I mean, Spencer, it's a good way for things not to go off the rails. Mm-hmm. Other questions? <laughs> All right. Um... Can you tell me what particular magical spell or apparatus is occurring in the fireplace at the start yeah, of the Yeah, I can, actually. Is this something new? Um, no, this is actually a variation of using flu powder. Um, it's okay. just a kind of faster and easier way than, like, completely going through the fireplace. I wouldn't think about it, the physics of it, too much, because we did see that, like, <laughs> Harry's entire body flew through the flu network to get wherever he was going. Um, but we actually see this happen. This is not the only time we see this happen as a way of like just having a conversation with someone else in a different place. Gotcha. It, it's it's a hell of a visual. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see this depicted on the screen because you know the head among the embers eating toast. It sticks in the yeah, mind. I would say. Did it need to be toasted before? I think it was just bread. <laughs> um, do wizards believe in umbrellas? No. Or is it some sort of like? The only thing that I can hold in my hand is a wand or a broom. I think that's probably it. As to my knowledge, I never we never encounter a wizard with an umbrella. I think they just stand in the rain. Well, the, so that that's not true. I believe that Hagrid disguises well, his yes, wand as an umbrella. Well, yes, that is true. I, I, he, he does not use yes. it as an umbrella, though. This is a fair distinction. Um, I believe that we never see a wizard use an umbrella as an umbrella. I mean... I'd be curious to know um, the outfit that we see Barty Crouch in while at the uh, um, the the World Cup, the Quidditch, the Quidditch mm-hmm. Cup, the World Cup. It, that wasn't his normal dress, right? That was him blending in because that's an outfit that just almost seems like it needs an umbrella. I, that was the, actually the person who was giving me pause on saying, "Do we see an umbrella or not?" Because he does have his pinstripe suit and his bowler hat. Um, mm-hmm. He seems like he should be carrying a briefcase, a newspaper, and an umbrella. Um, that completes the package. But I, I just love the idea that there's this large section of the UK that is baffled when they see everybody else carrying this thing around <laughs> that changes when it rains. And it's like, well, it's some muggle not magic. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> It, it, it's also particularly egregious in the UK, because if you want to talk about a rainy area of the mm. world, the UK is... Always at least a little bit mm-hmm. damp. Well, maybe that's why they've decided they don't need umbrellas. It They're seeps in anyway. 
Um, last one for me. I think you've mentioned the concept of an aura before. Mm-hmm. I think we've. I think that's come up. Could you remind me? Is that an official title? Is that essentially an agent of the ministry, or is that just more of a description of a job? It no, it is. Uh, well, it, I mean, it's both, both and I guess. Sure. Um, but it is an official title within the ministry. Um, they are d- d- essentially wizard police officers, although it's like a little. That seems a little. Um, Maybe a little bit more like FBI. Yeah. Like special agent of some. Secret, yes. Yeah, something like that. Right. And based on the descriptions, they seem like they're a little bit more specialist rather than generalist. Mm-hmm. Their target is dark wizards and dark mm-hmm. arts. Yes, exactly. I feel like we got mention around Sirius. Uh, he would have been like brought in by Aurors, yes. So I think okay. um, like from the street where he was presumed to have blown up Peter Pettigrew and a whole bunch of muggles. Um, Mm-hmm. The Aurors showed up, and he was. That was when we got the description of like him standing there laughing when the Aurors showed up. Gotcha. Well, that's all. I, that's all I have. It said it's a pretty short transition mm-hmm. chapter. Yep. But we are we are back at Hogwarts, guys. <laughs> After so long. In time for a tournament. In time for a tournament, indeed. Um, which TBD on what that means, but I am looking forward to. Well, you guys finding out. <laughs> <laughs> If nothing else, based on the image we have at the start of the next chapter, it leads to Dumbledore looking fabulous. Those ro- if everyone has their pictures, those robes on Dumbledore just look great. Uh, Dumbledore, snappy, snappy man. Uh, we found out early in book one. <laughs> snappy dresser. <laughs> he does have a dress. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. As always. Till next time. <laughs>